Today on Lockdown Red Wings, TSN posted an article on identifying breakout rebound candidates for the 2022-23 NHL season. Three Red Wings made the list. Who are they? And also, Steve Eiserman is not just an NHL guru, guru, but he's an MLB guru too. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. Well, Scotty is host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And Scotty, it is coughing fit season. I'm at that point in my cold recovery that I uh, may be muting my mic at times to go on 30-second coughing fits. So at that time, you will be uh, called upon to just say words. Good thing I I have a show where I talk to myself for 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, today is going to be a bit of a patchwork episode. Not much news came out on the Red Wings front. Uh, today, but we got some EA ratings, which are always fun. There's no honestly leak analysis there, but it's fun to talk about. Uh, the Detroit Tigers obviously introduced their new president of baseball operations, and Chris Illich had something to say about Steve Eiserman on that front. And then uh, also the TSN article that I teased in the cold open. And then if we got time, I do want to respond to some YouTube comments, but that's a lot of patchwork stuff to get to. So we're going to talk about that stuff first. Then at the end, if I can respond to a couple of YouTube comments, that'd be great. But, Scotty, let's lead off with this TSN article because I think that's the most interesting thing that we have on for today's sure. docket. Um, Travis Yost wrote an article for TSN.ca. Wow, I just butchered the first word in the article title. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Identifying breakout rebound candidates for the 2022 23 NHL his, uh, season. And there were three Red Wings on this list of 18. Now, this is a really interesting article, and it's a really interesting list based for the reasons why they point out, but also take it with a grain of salt as well because they're pulling statistics and advanced metrics from three or four different websites to compile this list. It's an interesting list, and I like the list personally because it lists three Red Wings as guys who are going to rebound or break out this season, and I like that a lot. Um, but one red flag to see immediately is the fact that they've listed Dustin Brown on there, and uh, it'd be very hard for him to have a rebound season con- considering the fact that Dustin Brown has retired. So, you know, maybe a little bit of a grain of salt, but it's still a really interesting article. They list Philip Zadina, obviously, as a guy who could break out this season. Uh, Dominic leak as a guy who could rebound. And Andrew Kopp as a guy who could have a breakout season, which is funny because a lot of people consider his last season his breakout season. But the, the way they did this is they compiled data and they, they have three categories. They have their generated shots at a first-line rate per 60 minutes, generated expected shots at a first-line rate uh, per 60 minutes, and ended the year with bottom six real goals scored. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and put this uh, chart up here. And I just want to, Scotty, I just want to get your kind of like first-glance opinion on what you think. And like if, if you even believe that these players are capable of these rebound or breakout seasons yeah i mean wow okay so i mean first and 
foremost, I really like the Dominic Kubalik shout out there. I think that that's really cool. I, th- I think, you know, he's someone that we've talked about a lot in the off season as a guy that we really like. I mean, he, he, you know, I, I kept talking about, I think he's one of my favorite acquisitions of the entire off season. I, I really like that one a lot. And just like the situations that the Red Wings are going to use him in, you know what I mean? I think it's going to be really friendly to his style of play and, uh, get some special teams look at looks, I think, power play looks as well. Um, yeah, he, he's going to we, – we talked about, you know, how much of a volume shooter he is and um, and, and all of that. Like we, We've covered all this when talking about him this offseason. So that's one that I'd like to see on there just because it kind of fits – not our narrative per se, but like it fits right in line of what we've been, you know, saying since bringing him on. Zadina is just – you expect like, I, I him mean, on like, there like, sure, please you know what i mean like please please do uh it's just you know he's always he's always on this list it's always this is adina's breakout year it always is so uh we hope we hope so that would be definitely what is he the youngest player on this list adina oh no we got mcmichael i didn't see uh and hoglander down there okay so uh it's just like he he's he's always gonna be He's always going to be on here, and I, I think that's kind of funny. Going away from Red Wings, I mean, like, cop, like, again, like, I don't know. I, I don't need a huge leap forward. Like, that'd be great. I'd obviously welcome it, but I'm very cool with the player Andrew Cop was last year, and if that's what we get out of him, I'll be pretty happy. Um, outside of the Red Wings players, I really like Brennan Gallagher on here. Yeah, I like Pooley uh, RV as well. Yeah, um, for sure. You know what I'm just realizing? What? Probably going to have to edit this video to blur out that video so we don't get copyright struck. Oh, really? Yeah, can you see that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So if you're watching, guys, enjoy that blurred out uh, video of hockey highlights that they're playing on auto. Don't even think about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah I don't want. I don't want to lose out on that precious money now, do I? True. But... Yeah, I mean, Phil Zadina, we, we expect that to see on here. And when I first read the article, I was like, how the heck do you – what what is generated shots at a first-line rate? Like, what generated goals at a first-line rate? I, I think what it means is that they took enough shots – they took shots equal to what a first-liner would take, or they had expected goals equal to what a first-line a first-liner would make, and then obviously their actual goals were equal to what a bottom six forward would make is what I would imagine that is what it comes down to. And obviously you see Phil Zadina's near the top of this list, which makes perfect sense because he took a lot of shots last year. They weren't yeah. always like the highest IQ shots, but he took a lot of shots and his expected goals is high, but his actual goals, as we all know, is very low. And again, I mean, Tony Ferrari of the hockey news just posted an article. There, there's still a lot left to Phil Zadina to like be patient with. There really is. That's the other two guys that I'm more interested in, in that we haven't talked to death, like Philip Zadina and Andrew Kopp and Dominic Kubalik. Because the reason why Steve Eiserman took a flyer on Dominic Kubalik is because he believed that there's still that magic left in him. Obviously, he had a 30 goal season in his rookie year, was a uh, Calder Cup finalist in that season, and then has decreased in production ever since on a uh, Blackhawks team that has been getting worse and worse, although. They still had the Brinkett, Taze, and Kane on that team. So their offense was still pretty good. So they're hoping that, yeah, Dominic Kubalik can 
bounce back. And the stats here show that it's possible that he can rebound. And he's a good shooter. He's a very good shooter. Um, but Andrew Cop is the one because it, it you're not you're not getting a rebound season out of Andrew Cop. So they because he just had the best year of his career. So they're expecting him to have a breakout year uh, using this model, which is kind of a shock to me because I didn't think he was going to get much better than what he showed this past season. I thought a 50 point score would be like the peak out of Andrew Cop because he's a little bit more of a, a defensive minded four to begin with. He plays a good two way game. So for this model to project him to have a breakout season was surprising, but very good surprise, very happy surprise. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't uh, like if that happens. Great, obviously, I, I want all of these players to be as best as they possibly can. But I'm not, I'm not like looking for that. I'm, I'm, I like the the Andrew Cobb that played in in New York last year, and if that's who we get, then I'm pretty pumped about it. I, I don't need him to take that big step forward. I'm I'm okay with the player we signed, but if that happens, obviously yeah, that's great. No, I'm completely like I with Andrew Cobb. As long as he was the guy he was last year, I'll be happy. I don't even have a breakout year. I mean, he's 28. How much more breakout could he have at this point? So I, I liked it a lot. I thought the article was really interesting. It's on TSN.ca for you guys if you want to re, uh, read it. They have a couple other. They have a couple other graphics on here, goals added, expected goals, expected goal rates, and uh, career shooting percentages like that. They just break it down a little further. It's a, it's a good a article. Non-blurred show. out version. A non-blurred out where you can watch the highlights play on autoplay. <laughs> the ads. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a nice article. They're not too deep. Don't look too deep into it, guys, <laughs> especially this time of year. But it, it was fun. So when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the other patchwork stuff we got in this episode. And uh, talk about Iserman and the Tigers. Talk about EA Sports and their more at Cider rating. And maybe respond to a couple of your guys' comments. But before we get to that, I do got to talk to you guys today about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. I had to wait for it to load, Scotty. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Scotty, you want to do EA or you want to talk about Iserman? Um, EA or YZ? Where do you want to go? <laughs> That was ridiculous. Um, let's go with the uh, let's go with EA first. Go we'll EA. see how we'll see what the 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 thoughts are on that. So Cider was an eighty seven, yeah, eighty seven overall, overall, which makes him the tenth best defenseman in right right defenseman. Got it. Tenth best right defenseman in the NHL. Uh, in the video game in, in Shell. So we, I think I guessed 88. I think yeah. that was my guest on yesterday's show. Was, and I was said, be an 88 I, overall. I said, I'd be happy if it was as at least Zegras, which was 86. Right. And right. And I, I think I said, I expected him to be better than Zegras and he was. So that, that's really all that matters to me is that he's higher than Trevor Zegras. That's like all I really cared about. And he was, so um, I, I still think, you know, 
I still think 88 was was the right call. I still think I was more correct. But, oh, okay. you know, if we want to, if we want to, as long as he's ahead of Zegras, I'll live, which he is. So. I mean, and also, we talk about taking things with a grain of salt. You just never take EA Sports ratings on anything seriously. No, ever. no, no. if you look at the other defensemen fun, on that like, list. You know, we're going to log a lot of hours in that game. I don't know. They, they, they had Washington's, <laughs> Washington's Carlson is like the fourth or fifth best right, best right defenseman, which yeah. production-wise, here's the thing is, EA sports games and well, NHL fans in general really value offensive production. So defensive minded players get often overlooked in their rating system. Carlson puts up a lot of numbers. He's an offensive style defenseman, even though his defense sucks. So of course he's the fourth or fifth, fourth or fifth best rated defenseman on the right side of the game. When in reality, he's not in the real world. So that's why you got to take these things a grain of salt, but that wouldn't fit my narrative. So we're still huffing that copium. Now you're good. That, uh, now you're good. <laughs> that cider was number 10 on that list. It was, it's fun. It. It's cool to see because it's been a long time since any Red Wings been rated as highly as that. I'm curious what Larkin's going to be rated. I feel like that answers the question we had on yesterday's show about who's going to be the highest rated Red Wing. Cause I, I can I don't see, see Larkin any... being higher than that. Yeah. I don't think there's any way Larkin isn't yeah. at least in 88. So yeah, 88 no. or 89, maybe 90. Yeah, I think 89 or 90. I think that that's probably, I think he'll be around there. So definitely answers that question. But, I mean, you know, the young duo of uh, Raymond and Sider, 84 and 87 is pretty fun. Yeah. And and just the fact that it's one more than Trevor Zegers was a nice One more than Zegers, baby. Feather in my cap. I, I really, I am so petty about this, and I don't know why, because I love Trevor Zegers. Like, I think yeah, he's a too. phenomenal player, and I get why he's on the cover, because he's a super flashy player. Like, he's he's going to be better, and I'll admit it, like, he's, he's because he's a forward, and he's a super flashy forward, he's going to be better marketing-wise than Moritz Sider, who's a defenseman, although he personality-wise, Sider's hilarious. Yeah. But I, I get it. So, it's just like, that, ri- that rivalry is brewing. Yeah. Quick side note, this is ridiculous. We started this recording, it was daytime. And now 14 minutes in, there's a giant storm coming. And so I didn't put on like my studio lights because I was like, oh, it's daytime. I can just have my little small light and be fine. It's no, a giant thunderstorm decided to roll through. And now it's pitch black. I look like I'm recording this in a cave. (laughs) It's fine. Whatever. It's ridiculous. Anyway, it's funny. It's five in the afternoon, guys. It's it's not even. even Yeah, it's literally 5 p.m. What are we doing here? (laughs) Unreal. Um, all right, Iserman. Yeah. So today the Tigers introduced Scott Harris. Did I get that right? Scott Harris. Scott Harris. He was the general manager of the San Francisco Giants. Now he's the president of baseball operations for Nailed the Detroit it. Tigers, which I'm learning today is more important than general manager. I didn't. But baseball, man, just. So the reason I explained this for like really quickly on uh, on on locked on Tigers as well, baseball just started creating a bunch of positions that had like hierarchies in order to do what they what the Tigers literally just did and like poach really smart front office people from other organizations. Like, oh, you're the GM of this team. Well, you could be the president of baseball ops for this team if you come through. We'll give you a little <laughs> bit of a pay raise and a promotion, and like. So now the GM, not for all teams, there are some teams where the GM is still the man in charge and, and they don't maybe don't have a, a president of baseball ops or um, or like that person just like isn't the one driving the, the you know, ship. But 
there's a lot of teams that now have the president of baseball ops is like the dude calling all the shots. And then the GM is more of like a right hand man kind of situation. So yeah. that's what we're about to do. We're, we're going to have uh, Scott Harris is running the show. Yes. So his introductory press conference was today. And during the questioning, uh, Hinch was not Hinch. Sorry. Chris Illich, the owner was asked about, you know, how the process of hiring Scott Harris went. And along the way, obviously said AJ Hinch, you know, played a big role, which was really reassuring to me and reassuring that he wants to stay. If he was a big proponent in hiring this guy or saying, well, yeah, let's get this guy. But also he said, I even got input from Steve Eiserman, which was really, I, I mean, everyone was tweeting that because that's such a weird thing. Like your general manager of your hockey team, you went to for input on the president of baseball ops for your baseball team. And it probably was something as little as like, Hey, Steve, if you're hiring a general manager or president, like what would you look for? You know, because some of that stuff does translate, you know, you want somebody who's like head is towards the future, not caught sure. in the past type stuff. So it could have been like quick conversation, five, 10 minutes, or it could have been more like, you know, I wouldn't hire anyone who shows off these red flags. So I don't expect I don't think that Eisman has like a huge role in it, but the, the it's just the sheer the fact, Scotty, that Steve Eisman, the general manager of one of the most well respected general managers in hockey in the in National Hockey League, was approached about who to hire for the for Major League Baseball for the Detroit Tigers. Just like really goes to show how much people respect his mind, especially. Chris Illich, you know, like how much the owner of the both teams respects Steve Eiserman's mind to go to somebody who's in a leadership role in a completely different sport for your Tigers team. Like that's that, that just speaks so much about Eiserman. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love it so much. And yes, it absolutely does speak volumes to, to Stevie Y. And, and like you said, I, I don't think, you know, it's not like Eiserman picked the dude or anything. Like it's not like he had the biggest role in the world. I'm sure. Hinch and and a lot of the people on the baseball side of things had had much bigger roles but just the fact that it was enough of a role for him to mention it and like want to mention it where like his people were like prepping him for this interview and they're like yeah mention that Iserman helped and he's like oh yeah people will love that and we do like it worked and like just we're talking about it (laughs) right like the fact that the weight that Steve Eiserman's name holds is just so crazy in this city. And it's all deserved. It's that's not a slight at all. It's it's very much deserved that that it holds that much weight. But I don't know. It was just really funny to me. Like they were uh, <laughs> there's no reason for Steve Eiserman's name to be brought up today. And yet that's like the first thing he said. It was literally like it was like, okay, I want people this to really go well. And everybody loves Steve, so I'm just gonna say it as quick as possible. And that's pretty much what he did. He said it almost immediately. It was really funny. Yeah, I love I I love that man. Oh good GM. And then like and we're locked on Red Wings, so we, we won't we won't hone on it for too long, stay on the topic for too long. But just like obviously the Tigers got a lot of work to do. But the fact that he's like, we're going to be aggressive. We're not going to be afraid to take risks. Like, I believe every single year is a, an opportunity to make the team a contender. I'm like, I, I was a little, he was hesitant. He didn't want to say they were going to go into a rebuild, which is a little different than what Eiserman said at when he took over. He's like, yeah, this is a rebuild. But I think that he, I think he re- also realizes that the people of Detroit are tired of rebuilds. Like, we just are ready for this team to be competitive. So 
it's it's nice that now there's four general managers in the city of Detroit who immediately, as soon as they spoke to the media, you were like, that guy's got a good vibe to him. No red flags. You knew what Eiserman was. You knew what Brad Holmes was. You knew what Troy Weaver was. Now you think you know what Scott Harris is. Just guys who are going to come in and get stuff done. Like, that's just such a reassuring feeling to have. Yeah, big time. Sorry, I was like, I'm I'm playing with the fact that I could, if I go back far enough, it looks like I'm in the shadows and you, like, can't see me. And I, like, appear out of the shadows. And I'm like, you are correct, Brian. Um, but, no, it's it's really, mm-hmm. like, the uh, – I think that this is the first time in – and this might last two weeks – right it, it might it might last 48 hours but this is the first time in my entire life that i i feel confident and actually like the direction i i think of all four general managers in this city at the same time and i don't think i've ever been able to say that and yeah again it, it might last you know six hours from now before this episode even goes up one of them might do something stupid and i might change my mind on it but like for now that this is still the first even if it's only a second long feeling it's the first time i've ever felt that um and yeah modeling what you do off of what steve eiserman does is always a good idea and uh, i think cody Stavenhagen of the athletic the one of the beat writers for the detroit tigers said that um that Scott Harris had had met Iserman before and like had spoken to him as what? well. I think I I think I have a quote here. Um, I love Steve Iserman, man. La 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 quote. It's coming. Okay, like I know I know we shouldn't be too fanboy because like, no, our but job so he is said Scott Harris but... said he talked with Steve Iserman, quote unquote, quite a bit. Also met him in Wrigley a few years ago. Said, quote, I imagine I'll lean on him quite a bit for some advice. He certainly had a wonderful career on the ice and in the front office, and I know I can learn a lot from him. What? That is about the general manager. That's from Cody Stavenhagen at The Athletic. That is from the general manager. A talk. He's talking about the general manager of a different sport. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I'll probably learn a lot from him. Like, and like That could crazy. be just... And like devil's advocate, that could just be like general PR, like say good thing about oh, other guy sure, in Detroit. But like, who cares? But it, that just sounds nice, man. Yeah, I it's like cool. that. It's cool. it. it could, yeah, it could be a PR thing. Not every single city in the country does it. It's still cool. That's, I don't care. That's awesome. All right. Um, when we return, segment three, we're gonna get to your YouTube comments and we're gonna respond to some of them. I'm gonna point them out and I'm gonna laugh at them. Just kidding. Whoa. Uh no, I wouldn't do that. I love you guys. Some of you more than others, but <clears throat> when we come back. All right, we're back. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. If you have YouTube premium, there was no break there. It was just me wow. saying we're going to be back, and now we're back. This is this kind of episode, man. This is what happens when there's no big news on the Red Wings front, man. We just have fun with it. <clears throat> we don't have fun otherwise. Don't leave me in the lurch, man. Say something. Back to the shadows. No, don't go back to the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy how dark this is. It's 530. The, the worst thing. In the, Pitch the, black. The worst thing is when I make really dumb jokes and then you just don't say anything. You let me land flat on my face every <laughs> single time. Get prank, dude. <laughs> okay. So this is from yesterday's episode. On what will Dylan Larkin's co- uh, contract be? This is from Hoyt Still. 
Uh, I'm not seeing great contract numbers for Larkin. The Wings will finally have some players that will give everyone a better idea of what whether Larkin is really the best player. And I really don't see him being the obvious best player. Iserman became a great GM because he understands the salary cap. He watched the Wings go deep into the tank after a bunch of bad contracts from Ken Holland. Holland had no problem when Pizza Man, Chris Illett, or uh, Mike Illich rather, let him spend the big money pre-salary cap, but Wings slowly sank to the bottom. Okay, this is starting to drag on. What's the point here? Uh, I sure don't see Larkin getting long-term big money. There are very few cases where big term, big long-term contracts helped any team. Uh, so, okay, so uh, I think there's a lot to dissect there, but I think within the... He doesn't comment, see Larkin getting a big and contract. This is, this is a pretty <laughs> subjective conversation, which like I love. Like I, I love these like subjective... Everybody has their own opinion on how to build a team. That's why I love sports so much. And I, and I think there is infinite different ways to build a contender. So I, I very much am like open and welcome to this conversation. But I, I would say this. I think there is a huge difference in, A, what your definition of huge contract is. Because like if Larkin got eight over eight. That's that, not huge. Right. Like that's, that's not reasonable. That's, right. Like that would be, that would be an incredible value, but it would be really long and it would be in the top. What quarter considering of the league and salary a year. Nathan McKinnon just became the highest paid player as of the day we're recording this on Thursday at 12.6 a year. Right. And then you got guys like Tim Stutzla, who's got what one and a half years of experience, just got paid eight by eight. I right. think eight by eight for Larkin would be, a steal. No, right. No, no, no. So that, that's what I'm saying though. <laughs> no, like, I agree with hey, you. I'm it just it depends your on your definition of, of big, but also I think that now there is that conversation is so different depending on the salary cap in the sport, or if there even is a salary cap in the sport you're talking about. There's a lot of like in baseball, you know, the owner's giving you a budget. And it's like, and it's not public information. It's like, this is how much you're allowed to spend this off season. Have fun and figure it out. And it's just like, you know what I mean? Yes. I also have a statement too. The, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to crap all over the comment. I appreciate the feedback and I appreciate your opinion. That's your opinion. You're entitled to it. But the, the part where he said, like, there's very few examples of long-term contracts working out. Look at every team that's won a championship the last five years. They have their big star on their team is under a big contract. So that, that's where, I, that's kind of where I was headed is like, there's a, there, there's a big Tampa has like seven between, of them. <laughs> right. There's a big difference between like the, like the Texas Rangers in the mid two thousands when they gave a rod, the biggest contract in the history of sports. And then could, didn't have any money to sign anyone else. Cause the owner wouldn't give any more versus a salary cap where everybody has the same amount of money to spend. And yeah. if you use it wisely and, and, you know, if that person is worth whatever, a 10 million, 8 million, 12 million percent chunk of what every team is getting every year because they're one of the best players, then I think that makes them objectively worth it. And I do, and you know, that was the point I was getting to is if you look at the best teams from the last few years, there, there is certainly examples. Like, don't get me wrong, there are certainly examples of, um, you know, teams that, that have pieced together and, and made, pretty competitive teams w without having like that big, you know, nine, 10, 11 million a year player, but a lot of the teams that end up hoisting Stanley cup is, uh, you know, they, they usually 
run at or even significantly over the cap as we saw as we saw with the lightning the last few years yeah um then we have another one from brent anderson his name is pronounced tutayev appreciate it buddy he, he was responding to me struggling on how to pronounce that name thank you brent appreciate it buddy hey any help uh, Brent, brent's a, nor- a regular down there in the comment section i appreciate him yeah uh let's go. see there's a lot to sift through here i want to get you guys the best one uh, this one comes from uh, another into the shadows. He goes, this one comes from another uh, common YouTube commenter of ours from uh, Nicholas, Mr. Stay frosty. Stay frosty uh, told baby. you guys cross Hannes is a sleeper. The, that kid is amazing. And also on an entry level contract, he will probably start with grand Rapids, but don't be surprised if he makes the team too, because of his, he has that capability as always great show guys. And Brian, hope you feel better. Thanks buddy. I do feel better. Still getting there though. Uh, you look like a drowned rat. Hold on. No, I take that. Thank you back. You just said I looked like a drowned rat. (laughs) I take that back. Nick Nick, blocked. (laughs) Stay frosty. Uh, yeah. And then he says, stay frosty. Uh, but no cross Hannes. And this is something it's true. He has mentioned in the comments multiple times for us to talk about cross Hannes. And the reason, reason I was hesitant, Nick to talk about him is because I hadn't seen a lot of Hannes play. And because we don't we don't get inundated on Hannah's highlights and stuff like that, like we do with the guys from the SHL. So I had a lot more experience and exposure to those guys. But after the prospects tournament, man, you were right. Cross Hannes has looked phenomenal, absolutely killer. You look great. And uh, you're, I think you're right. He, I think he'll be great in Grand Rapids. And if he plays great in Grand Rapids, he might get a shot near the end of the season, depending on where the team's at. So I mean, spot on. I can't agree more with Nick. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah, clearly was like the uh, the biggest like circled his name after the prospect tournament was certainly him. He, he looked fantastic. Um, I do have one that I definitely wanted to. Uh, here we go. I like this one a lot. You'll find out. This one comes from Vicky M. And this is on our Jersey ad episode. It says, Brian Fisher, I a million percent agree with you about ads on sweaters and helmets. It's sacrilegious. You know, just I wanted to say that one because it agrees with me that it's the worst thing ever, and you're just like eh, whatever. I, okay, I didn't mean to come off as eh, whatever, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I knew I tried to tell you on the episode, like I knew that more people were, uh, significantly more people were going to side with you um, than with me. But yeah, I I stand by the fact that you know, in a few months, no one's going to be as passionate about it. It's, they're not on the ones you buy. Like, but, um, now I don't know if this is the case with NBA jerseys everywhere, but if you were to go to LCA and you were to buy a Pistons jersey at LCA, they have the patches on them for Flagstar, UWM, whatever it was that year. So I don't know if that's outside of, that might just be an LCA thing. I mean, um, I've bought, I've owned Pistons jerseys that I've bought since they have gotten the ad on them that don't have them on them. So you did, did I know that LCA or no. No, I don't think I've okay, ever bought so a jersey just an at LCA. LCA. Thing, then. But if you buy, that, that might mean that you buy a jersey at LCA. No, they wouldn't do. Because I know the process in which they get those jerseys made. They'd have to get, oh, they could. Because they, what they do, fun, fun little story for you guys. The NBA jerseys, the Pistons jerseys are made in-house at Little Caesars Arena. But because it's all it's heat press, they're cheaper jerseys. And uh, our statistics show that people are more willing to buy those jerseys because it's a lower price mark for Pistons jerseys, but with hockey jerseys, people want the stitched embroidered ones more than they want the heat pressed ones. So we shell out more money 
and we have we send those ones out to a place out well I won't dox them but we send it out to a, a company that hand stitches the letters and the names on the jerseys that you buy at LCA which is why they look so high quality when you buy them That's because cool. they, we send them to a place to do them if we get those patches they could easily just send those patches to them as well if we sure. get a jersey ad, because they do everything else for us as well. I, they won't be heat pressed, so I guess that's nice. But yeah, it, it definitely is a possibility. But that's why if you ever order a custom jersey from us, uh, or not from us, I don't work there anymore, but from LCA, it takes a couple weeks to get it done because we send the blank out first, have them stitch it, and then send it back. Whereas with the Pistons, it's a quicker turnaround because we just they just do it downstairs. So it's well, There you go. It, Peek behind the process. curtain. Fun fact Friday, or Wednesday. Fun fact, yeah. Uh, let's see. We have time. We're, at, we're already past the mark, but I want to get one more in here because we've only done two. Oh, here we go. This is a good one on the Ben Sherratt signing. A little bit of a pushback on us. Hot take. This one was from Corey Schaefer. Hot take. I like the Ben Sherratt signing. He provides what we need on defense, and by the end of the contract, the cap hit for it won't be as high a percentage. That is true. Putting him in the bottom pair at that point probably will be a pretty easy thing to do given the prospects coming up. Let's not forget our defense is three or four years. Our defense in three or four years could have two or three guys on ELCs, which makes it way easier to absorb the contract given to Sherrod. That's that's a reasonable point and also a perspective perspective I don't think I've considered. No, it's all fair. And and I think we have done a decent job of tiptoeing around like covering our bases and being like, hey, this is not like a guaranteed terrible move. Like this is no, yeah. This is something that play style-wise and the the concept of someone who plays like that being paired with Cider at the top like right away is something that is actually pretty appealing. It's it's the the execution of said concept that I, I think most people are worried about just given how he's looked in the last couple of years. So, um, but no, yeah, I-, I mean, the, the contract and how everything lines up with that um, roster construction-wise is certainly um, – certainly a, a good perspective on that too that kind of helps his cause yeah i agree i think that the fact that we always have to keep that in the back of our mind that the salary cap is going to go up so as the salary cap goes up any contract that's currently signed is going to become better value over time yeah so 4.625 i think is what he's making a year might not look so bad in two or three years especially if he plays decent so that's a, that's a solid point and that's a fair point but i i'm gonna as much as i'm iffy on it i will hold out judgment until you know, it happens. Uh, let's do one last one before we sign off. We've had three uh, one last ones. This is crazy. Well, it's just uh, crazy. No, how, do it. I'm, I'm yeah. pro. I'm pro doing it. I'm just saying. So this one comes from Scott Randall. This is on our should the Red Wings sign Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider long term. He says, I would Great be a tad. Name. Great name. Scott Randall. Oh, Scott. Uh, I would be a tad more hesitant with Ra- signing Raymond long term. Is what he's uh, implying until I That's see consistency I in back-to-back years with equal, like. with equal or improved scoring as with forwards, you lose, you lose that you're out. But with Mo, the way he plays at his end, I wouldn't care if he never scored another goal because he is that solid defensively and will only improve to boil all that down. Playing style is a hell of a lot easier to keep going than scoring. We got guys that can score, but if we lose Mo dot, dot, you were very dramatic <laughs> at the end of that one. Yeah, I, I, I think I kind of uh, agreed with that sentiment on that episode. I think I said 
Like I'm down to give Mo right away and that I would be fine with giving Raymond long-term, but I think I would be more hesitant on, on him until maybe this year. I think I feel like I said that, but I also can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So like maybe not, but um, I think, no, I think that uh, I, I, I agree with that. I think, I think you wait to lock up Raymond long-term at the earliest after this upcoming season, whereas Mo, they could do it today, and I would be pumped no matter what. I, I agree with you. I, I think that's fair. I, it, Cider was so good last year. and he, the, the, uh, Scott, the YouTube commenter, was right. His play style is going to age well. Scouts so, are always right. That's what you yeah, have to learn. Uh, uh, okay, sure. Um, Who's the new uh, – what's the name of the Tigers' new – president of baseball ops harris it's his last name yeah his harris first name i i couldn't be bothered to remember oh yeah for sure we run this <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh long story short i agree i want to see a little bit more out of raymond before yep. i'm willing to give him that big contract cider give him the money whenever you feel fit fine with me whenever steve wants to uh that'll do it though Thanks for all your comments all the time, guys. I'm sorry we don't get to them more often, um, but we'll try and get get to them. We might have some time can. leading up to preseason to get to more of them. Yeah, because there's a little bit of a gap. There's a gap between the end of the preseason and the regular season as well. We could oh, do true. a whole episode de- dedicated to just getting your guys' comments because there's a lot. You guys you do a mailbag cool. right before the season yeah. starts, regular season maybe. Yeah, yeah, because we you guys comment a lot nowadays. And there's a lot to sift through. Um, yeah, a lot of spam bots to block on youtube and then so just ridiculous. have a new one every single day it's great yeah it's crazy and uh that'll do it any final thoughts my friend we will we will be back with a new episode on thursday same time same place it's your team every day what are you going oh you're going to the shadows there you go <laughs>